so much for tuning in this is really exciting for me and nerve-wracking as well yeah but no we're, we're gonna go ahead with this make it just like a conversation just yeah. like how we usually are talking to each other all the time when we do talk to each other it's just you know natural flowing conversation yeah. so yeah yeah stay on that this isn't needed <laughs> this section right here is me explain it's not needed <laughs> I mean, but we do want to talk to you about why we decided to put this podcast together. We've actually been planning this for a while now, haven't we? Yeah. I don't even know how long it's been. Because I think initially we wanted to do video. Yeah. Videos, right? A video channel of us demoing different hairstyles or like food cooking or trying out some kind of online, I don't know, hack for life something like that but it was yeah now it's a podcast yeah well i know that i wanted to do a podcast anyway because i'm just such a massive podcast junkie um i think the video thing is like a bit uh, i don't know if i've got thick enough skin to handle all the potential criticism that come with doing videos because people are mean online man people are mean but we actually we actually met via on, you know, video. We you think did. about it, we met via YouTube. We did. How long ago was this? Oh my god. Do you even remember? So long ago. It's probably over seven over seven years ago. I think it was like two thousand and nine ish. Two thousand and nine. Or was it two thousand eight? I think it was like two thousand eight, two thousand and nine ish. Okay. And um I know it was just before I'd started uni. I don't even remember, man. It's been so long. It's been a very long time. And um, so I remember watching Janice's videos on YouTube and Janice would use her loop pedal and her guitar and do these really amazing renditions of, like you do these covers. I think you covered Nina Simone. And I I really just fell in love with you, honestly. Because at the time, I didn't have that many friends who were doing creative stuff mm-hmm. and i was just looking at you thinking oh my gosh how do i even become friends with this girl but i didn't try and meet you to become your friend <laughs> that makes sense well, you came out to a it was you were invited to perform at a spread love event yes and then it's like oh say that from the internet yes yes <laughs> and um i also remember uh, meeting everyone in the Spread Love Collective. For those of you who don't know what or who the Spread Love Collective were, the, uh, we were like about, I don't remember how many we were, but we were DJs, we were musicians, we were poets, poets singers, singers, and we. Rappers. Yeah, and yeah. rappers. And we what used MCs. to do different events mm-hmm. in London, performance and showcase events. Which the is main the main event as well was in Camden at the Lockside Lounge. Yeah. It's a lovely venue. That right was on awesome. the lock. I miss those times. Yeah. Yes. Band. But yeah, we met via that. And then mm-hmm. ever since, it's been, yeah, we've been collaborating. Yeah. Um, 
in terms of collaborating in you know photo photography and also mm. your, your filmmaking mm-hmm. um with the video that you made for gilded age oh yeah that, that was amazing oh thank you <laughs> and then also because zainab also is a musician and singer and songwriter and she works with elite pedal too producing as well yeah and um her stuff is amazing oh, she thank has you. No, i love you get a car you get a car you get a car <laughs> okay <laughs> We That's like, a beautiful song. Thank you. We're <laughs> like silly, <laughs> silly, silly That's my things. Favorite. But thank you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm. Well, I'm really in love with all my friends. All the people who I'm friends with, like, I'm just very much in love with them all. But the thing I really enjoy about our friendship is that it it never feels forced. It's mm-hmm. just very natural and organic. And I think, um, like, we just have the same kind of way of thinking about stuff like we never really clash not particularly on, on no. things which and you're just really easy to get along with you're really chilled and, and i really like you a lot oh i like you too <laughs> okay we're gonna stop gushing over each yes. other and um and move things along mm-hmm. um we actually gathered quite a lot of content just over the uh, like friday gone and it was at the black british girlhood exhibition the opening night which took place down in Hackney, yeah. um, organised by Becky, Karima and Olivia. And we're going to have links for everything, so we're not going to be too detailed about where and when and who and what the links are, because we will post it um, within this, you know, in the description. Um, but it f- was looking at, I guess, a part of the British experience, which is not usually, like, you know, highlighted. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like the black... British experience is just such an invisible thing in media and in history, culturally. Specifically black British girl. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And this exhibition was amazing. It it felt like food for the soul because it was so inspiring to go into an exhibition space and know that everything, every piece of art was made by a black woman or a black girl. It was... It, I, I've never really been to anything like this in my yeah, whole entire never life. Experienced that. And we've lived in London our whole lives. And yeah. can you imagine, like, this is the first time that we've been able to experience something like this? Yeah, and it was beautiful. I mean, the entire atmosphere was just joyful and loving. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not someone who regularly visits, you know, art spaces and exhibitions. Um, I. I don't know, I don't feel the need. If I, if I go out to, to enjoy some kind of culture, it's usually music or a show. Yeah, me But too. in terms of actually visiting an art exhibition, I haven't done it very often. I've done it, but not very often. And usually when I do it, I don't see many reflections of myself. Mm. Whereas with this, it was, you know, there were books, storybooks, there were photographs, um, there were drawings and illustrations. It was, there was so much, just a beautiful range of stuff as well. Um, and the whole energy of the thing just I, I really related I really I really enjoyed it genuinely enjoyed it I really enjoyed it too I really underestimate how much I would enjoy it but I think I feel like th- that's the best thing when mm-hmm. you go into an experience with really limited expectations and yeah. you just go and experience it for what it is I'm I'm really excited about the fact that I got to meet Kay Davis I'm such a Kay Davis fan. She, Kay Davis is a mixed media artist. She does uh, paintings. She makes really interesting jewelry with textiles. And 
I, I, you know what? Her work is so magical. I can't even put it into words. You just have to go to her Tumblr or her Instagram and check out what she does. And and I got to speak to her as well. She's the sweetest girl yeah. ever. And she was talking about how she's very conscious of. At this time, she's very conscious of uh, people seeing her work mm-hmm. because for a while she's just you know been in her little space doing her thing, making her work and just like sharing it on the internet. But now it's become really apparent that there's eyes on her, and and I, I remember just saying to her, "Look, you know, don't let that change." Mm-hmm what you do don't let that influence the way you make your art because there's girls like me who are looking up to you Mm -hmm. to make things that are just real Mm -hmm. to you so don't ever feel pressured by any industry or whatever whatever corporate situation comes into play I think it's it's just all about that really instinctual expression to just make whatever comes out of you Without the fear of judgment, without the fear of people not liking it, who who cares if people don't like it? There will be a group of people who do like it, and yeah. and that's what matters. I, th- I remember there was a guy also talking about you know in terms of getting the stuff into other types of uh, other types of products mm-hmm. as well. Because I would I would love to wear a t shirt with her illustrations oh, on it. Right. Oh yes. I would absolutely love Merchandising, that. Yes. Merchandise with her illustrations. Oh, it would man. be amazing a book of her illustrations yeah. i hope she does all of that i hope she definitely gets and um, because there would be a market for it there would be people who want to see that and Absolutely. want to enjoy it and consume it and um the other artist there that i really enjoyed too her name was angela simpe yeah which i hope i'm pronouncing properly um she had a book called my curly hair which when i think of you know my childhood in terms of seeing a book of someone who had hair like me in the book that never happened so um just let the people know what kind of hair you have janice <laughs> i have i have hair that reaches for the heavens that's how i always wear it janice's it's my hair default is, look janice's hair is amazing it, it literally defies gravity it, it just stands and it's, <laughs> it's amazing but um this this book is yeah it's a celebration of that a celebration of of our hair of the different textures of of the way it reaches for the clouds the way it looks like clouds mm. really beautiful book and I just remember looking for it, thinking, oh, this would be wonderful, you know, like, if I have a daughter one day, or for my friends who have daughters, or even sons as well, you know. Yeah. Just to see that reflection of themselves in these things where you don't usually see it. You don't, and that, that's the thing that kind of gives you a sense of humanity as well, seeing mm-hmm. reflections of yourself, whether it's on the television, or whether it's in, you know, in art and portraits and photographs. Yeah. I remember for a while, I never, I never ever saw anything of myself in mainstream media other than if the ITV news was like, doing a, a, a story on a crime that's happened or something yeah. or something about trident that was it that was the only reflection so this has been just so kind of it's just light-hearted and warming and it was a lot of fun as well um there there was music as well so yeah. we you know got to dance and sing to some of our favorite songs stuff that would not play in an art gallery usually definitely not <laughs> we're gonna give you a bit we're going to give you a taste of what it sounded like on mm-hmm. the night. Say my name, say my name. You 
So as you can hear from from the little clip there, it was just pure energy, yeah. pure vibes. It was wicked. Beautiful vibes. I mean, you know, Destiny's Child is just that band. Was that band? I was telling you that at the time as well. Like I absolutely used to hate on Beyonce <laughs> when I was younger. I had no appreciation for Beyonce. I when that, I was a teenager. I don't understand how you dislike Beyonce. Beyonce was everything. She's to too me. mainstream. It's just R and B. I was so hateful of it all. Beyonce still is everything. I mean, she really is. I mean, she's not perfect, but she's she works hard, isn't she? Undeniably hard, yeah. And she works really the whole band did. Yeah, undeniably hard. Um, so also we um, in, in during the night as well, Becky, who is one of the organisers, um, she was just so thankful, gave a beautiful thanks at the end, um, tear-filled thanks, um just thanking all the artists, thanking everyone that took part and just also giving a lot of uh, gratefulness, showing a lot of gratefulness to those who were just concerned about the process of Mm. getting this out because that must have been so much stress putting together an art exhibition. I remember she was saying something about how what really mattered was someone asking, are you okay? Mm -hmm. How are you doing? And like, she was just really she had a lot of gratitude for that sentiment of you know someone caring how are you are you doing okay Mm -hmm. which is something that you don't really get a lot of especially in this industry which is just very quick you know people don't tend to care about your well-being your journey to that point they just care about the the end product they just want to see the work that's it yeah no struggle just the work to bump into a really good friend of mine, Shanaz Dorset, who I've not seen in ages. Shanaz Dorset is such a talented singer and she was with a friend, her name's Nana. We briefly interviewed them about their experience as a black British girl in London and here's some of it. Hello, um, I'm Shanaz Dorset. Hi, I'm Nana Duncan. And where are we today? We are in the heart of Hackney at the British Black Girlhood Exhibition launch. 
How did you not hear about this exhibition? Um, I heard about it, well, on the, I saw it on Instagram, and um, my friend, he, he um, invited me here, and he's, uh, he's friends with the, the girl who's doing the exhibition today. And what do you think about it so far? Brilliant. It's amazing, yeah. It's just it's nice to see, um, you know, young black people come together and show their work because there's not many, there's not much going around in London, so it's really, really nice to come, especially in the heart of Hackney. I'm born and bred from, you know, Hackney. This is, you know, my playground, so it's really nice, you know, to come here and see all of this brilliant work. Can you talk a little bit about your black girl experience your black British girl experience mm. in Hackney what's that been like for you um, it's, it's like different stages so if we're going back to secondary school um, being from Africa it was quite you know there's quite a difference being you know from Africa and you know Caribbeans it's like there was kind of like a conflict between them too but growing up we've kind of like merged together which is amazing you can see that black people have come together as a collective and it's really good to see you know the support you know within the community mm. and Shanaz I know that you are an extraordinary singer mm. and <laughs> <laughs> can you tell me about what it's been like for you being an artist in London, especially being of mixed heritage, what's your experience been like? Um, I suppose it's always quite political uh, making music in in the UK as a person of colour mm -hmm. because, um, you know, yeah, it seems like there's a bit of a one-in-one-out policy mm -hmm. and I think, you know, with that, at times you feel like you're pit against other artists of colour and even worse so pit against other females female artists of colour I mean I heard, you know I'm always joking around saying okay like if Leanna have us as a baby then I'm in there you know <laughs> or something and I, and I, I kid but um, that's kind of pushed me to really like make sure there's always a sense of like solidarity and kinship with my fellow artists because you know it's things like this it's events like this it's these pockets of like you know of unity and interacting with one with one another where we're, we get so inspired and we're like where we can really hit an audience that understands us so I think um, when I stopped kind of chasing this idea of of um, being exposed as a British artist and and realise that there is an audience right kind of on our doorstep yeah. that's actually helped me to expand as an artist and expand with my success so yeah the exhibition, um, the opening night obviously was last week Friday, which was the 24th of July, and it is continuing its run until the 6th of August, so you can get down to the venue to still see the art that was up there. Um, the beautiful pieces, the book that's on sale by Angela as well. Um, and yeah, take in all the art and it'll be there for you till, till the 6th, basically, till the 6th. I do definitely recommend that you go have a look. And even if you're unable to make it down, do check out the artists that we've mentioned. We will be leaving links to their websites um, in the description bar. So yeah. yeah, definitely have a look and support. And now we're going to talk about Chloe Kardashian's behind. Oh, are we? Are we actually Is that still, happening? Are we still going to? We're going to talk about fat transfer. Okay, we're okay. <laughs> we're going to talk about 
fat transfer because <laughs> this might not make it into the podcast but hey ho we'll, we'll just see how it goes which which kardashian is this at the bottom is, is it chloe or courtney it is actually my belief that they've all had something done now whether they're gonna be completely honest and transparent about it we will never know well I don't really need them to be. I mean, I like the look of it. I'm not concerned about their honesty necessarily. Mm-hmm. I like the I like the way it's turned out. It looks wonderful to me. I, I mean, I kind of I'm just indifferent. I don't really care. <laughs> not necessarily. I mean, I have obviously there've been terrible jobs done on this kind of thing. Yeah. But the idea of having my fat removed from my tummy mm-hmm. to put it elsewhere where it's where i'd enjoy the sight would of it would you actually more. really do it if i had the money i'd consider it if i could tolerate the pain but i'm so bad of pain um, so it probably never been, happen but have you do you know i've seen videos of people having fat transfer surgery and they're actually awake when the, the stick is going into them sucking out all the fat what why are they awake they need to be awake and they're drugged up to an extent Jeez. So that they don't feel all the pain. But have you not watched any videos? I haven't actually ever seen any videos. I'm gonna. Do you know what? I'm gonna play you a video, and you're gonna see how people actually are talking. Yes, they are wide awake and talking while this is happening, and and the surgeon's just there, just you know, sucking all the is fat this legit out. Surgery well, or is this dodgy? I, I don't know, but I know that this is what is happening. Wow. So would you actually do this? I wouldn't mind. If I could tolerate the pain, I wouldn't mind. Don't you think we're becoming uh, just a generation of very lazy people? Definitely. It's all about, like, the waist trainers and fat transfer. Like, people don't want to work hard for their bodies anymore. (laughs) Or people don't want to accept the bodies that they have. That's a big part of it. I think accepting the body you have. I think that's also another thing that's, you know... I'm not particularly bothered to do it if I could do it if it wasn't like costing me too much and it wasn't too painful but obviously mm-hmm. it's going to be both of those things it's going to cost me loads yeah. and it's going to be super painful so I probably wouldn't do it anyway but if those if those two things were erased I wouldn't <laughs> mind I remember you explaining it to me earlier as well like what was it you were saying this fat transfer thing like it was a terrible thing I was like this is not a terrible thing <laughs> I would I, welcome this I think it's just really odd how you know that the fat from your back and your arms and wherever it's just gone on into a different place i just find that really yeah strange. see that sounds wonderful to me <laughs> that doesn't sound distressing or odd um, i wouldn't mind it well i mean I, i'm not in a position to want transfer i don't really have that much fat on my body anyway but i think maybe if i was put on a lot of weight in the future and i wasn't happy with my looks and if i had actually no i just wouldn't do it Mm -hmm. what am i talking about i wouldn't do it i just would not do it that's just no the idea of surgery or anything cutting me open actually scares no it is so i mean it's quite ridiculous to go under the knife be put to sleep you know, put your body at risk mm-hmm. with major surgery that you don't really need. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And that's why it's not going to happen. My tummy fat will stay where it is. So what do you think? Okay, so with all this stuff, like fat transfer and waist trainers mm-hmm. and all these fad diets, what do you think we need to do to start just accepting how our bodies are? I think what's really helped me with not becoming obsessed about it. Because, I mean, other than talking about it today, that's not something I think about all the time at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely Tumblr has helped with just seeing women who put their bodies out there mm. in the state that it is in. And it's 
absolutely wonderful to see and it's beautiful to see. Mm-hmm. And it's it's helping me to not become desensitized to what a real body looks like because yeah. I think that's happening a lot. Yeah. You're seeing all these bodies that look kind of aesthetically perfect. Yeah. And that's what you're expecting mm-hmm. to be the norm. Mm-hmm. Um and definitely Tumblr is helping to keep the balance. Yeah, shout out to Tumblr man. Tumblr's amazing. I, I get so much inspiration from Tumblr. Tumblr really helps me feel like I'm not alone in mm-hmm. the world because I really see other like-minded girls doing similar things that I do and I just feel like, okay, it's I'm okay. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not crazy. I'm not an alien. I'm not weird. And I just love Oh, you how... are, but there's a bunch of others who are too. Yeah, and, and it's okay. It's okay, <laughs> it's to, okay. Em- to embrace that. Mm-hmm. I, I love how... Uh, there's this low-key body acceptance movement on Tumblr. Yeah. Because no one ever really speaks about it, saying that, yes, this is a, a, a self-loving, body-positive movement. But Tumblr just is that way for us. Yeah. And I think it does also depend on the type of people that you follow. But I know the type of people I follow do celebrate body positivity and just positivity in general. Like people always just like cool and helping each other out. And And I think that's an important part of it is who you surround yourself with in terms of online. I mean, I was talking to a girl. She's she's so beautiful. She's so talented. And she was getting really hung up on the darkness of her skin to a point where she actually attempted to bleach it. What? Yeah. And she's, she's, she's beautiful like literally she is beautiful and she's also just talented and in terms of what she's achieved in her own field i'm not going to like be obvious about what her field is but she's done really well within the field she's in yeah and still just the stinging words of someone telling her she's too dark it's, it's had an impact to the yes. point where she's decided to bleach her skin but but that's because i think she's she's not quite found that group online mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. it's like positivity about you know the, the texture of your hair positivity yeah. about the color of your skin and, and so therefore she's well. and wait and so she's she's seeing because the stuff that kind of makes it into the mainstream that kind of sneaks over is like mm-hmm. the really negative ugly stuff because it you know it's attention grabbing mm-hmm. and that's the stuff that she sees on twitter and you know people talking about uh, like guys and girls who are black mm-hmm. but maybe a bit lighter skin talking about people who are darker and you know i don't surround myself with that stuff and somehow because I don't surround myself with that stuff, it doesn't come into my mind in any way, it doesn't play on my mind in any way. Mm-hmm. A similar thing with my hair, when I started like not relaxing my hair when I was like, was it 13 or something? Mm. I don't know, I just surrounded myself with things that were positive to what I wanted to achieve with my hair. Yeah. Um, and I just, I tend to avoid like the comment section on, on videos because usually that's where you find absolute trolls. So in terms of trolling, like not necessarily on a natural hair vid, but on, say if there's a video and it's a woman with natural hair in the video, even a star, or even a picture of someone just enjoying their dark skin in the mm-hmm. sun or, mm-hmm. you know, and it's usually not necessarily on the video specifically, either people who want to try and figure out, you know, how to deal with their natural hair, but on videos that just might feature someone with natural hair in it or mm-hmm. a picture that might have, and it's usually on, yeah, on YouTube or on Facebook. I've seen even a, a picture of someone getting all these ugly comments, they're sunbathing, they're, they're quite dark skinned. Mm-hmm. And I think she also put a filter on it as well that made her, that kind of enhanced the darkness of her skin, yeah. like it wasn't an issue for her. And people are like, you know, don't so stay in the sun too long, that kind of thing underneath her picture. That's ridiculous. So people who are really insecure with someone just enjoying their own skin. Mm-hmm. I have seen def- definitely that on Facebook, on YouTube. Um, and yeah, I just tend to avoid those comment sections to mm-hmm. avoid that kind of negativity basically well that's, well that's really sad that this person that you know felt 
that you know they wanted to bleach their skin because yeah. it's just such a shame that with the time that we're living in today mm-hmm. people are not allowed to just feel okay and just to celebrate who they are yeah but then i don't know i mean then we're also talking about the kind of ambiguous racial stuff that was happening as well in terms mm-hmm. of what's becoming the popular look yeah. in terms of just racially what's, what's the popular look as yeah. well black, I mean black features are in right now right definitely in you know like the big big lips are the trend right now yeah and it's really interesting because I remember when I was growing up people used to get cussed for having big lips yeah rubber lips yeah like, and I think what it is is these features look wonderful for those people who are, you know, being hideous about it. Mm-hmm. These features look great against a backdrop that is not dark. That's yes. what it is, basically. In other words, white girls drawing on these... <laughs> white girls drawing on these lips. Um, you know, each to their own. But there definitely is, like, discussion about why is it that black girl features are not celebrated on black girls but they are celebrated on girls who are not black That's i guess it's just making things easier to consume yeah i guess that lighter skin's not so offensive somehow well, it's not so offensive i mean even those particular features removed from where you what you usually associate them with which is mm-hmm. blackness mm-hmm. that's what it is yeah so it's just racist anyway it's just, <laughs> it's just all racism <laughs> unfortunately and um but once again if you surround yourself with things that you know beam that out to you yeah it's gonna get you down and that's why i make sure i surround myself with stuff Mm -hmm. that is uplifting to me whatever that is i think that's what the individuals have to do Mm -hmm. strengthen if you you know if you don't already have that sense of self like there's even blogs on tumblr that are just dedicated to dark skin Mm -hmm. people and just even like little things like that like you can follow these blogs and see all these really beautiful images of people all over the world not just africa but people all over the world with dark skin and just how they're just so proud of their aesthetic and they love the way they look they're comfortable with how they look Mm -hmm. and they're not going to allow any kind of uh, outside prejudice to make them not like the way they look it's that defiance of, you know, dominant culture and just, like, really standing strong in who you are. It's just amazing to see on the internet. And and I feel like somehow, somehow, it's trickling down into our subcultures as well. Hence why we're able to have exhibitions like Black British Girlhood. Let's yes. say it right. <laughs> Black British Girlhood, yeah. yeah. Um... And actually, there was another thing as well that um, Nana was talking about in the interview, which was about, in terms of in Britain, there used to be that kind of clash, that versus between people from the West Indies, people from the Caribbean, yeah. and like people Africans. of African descent, yeah. like from West Africa mainly. You know, and I the, never experienced... I know, I know about it because yeah. of what I've heard people talk about, but I've never experienced that. That's because throughout my whole entire life, I had friends... Who were from the Caribbean mm-hmm. islands? Like, I never did not have friends from the islands. See, I didn't actually grow up with friends from West Africa. Wow. Because in in the area I grew up in, which is Brent, mm-hmm. it was a very like Caribbean, uh, South Asian mm-hmm. kind of 
yeah, there weren't many West African people there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't, I didn't experience the clash, but I knew of it. Definitely knew of the clash. Yeah. And that this, what I've, what I agree with Nana with is that definitely there's been more of a kind of coming together yeah, of of like the diasporic peoples mm-hmm. and the people from current you know from I suppose we all, we all have the same struggle <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay not like we all have the same struggle but we're all dealing with similar issues especially living in britain so i suppose we have that in common and also we're not really that different exactly yeah. <laughs> especially not in the eyes of someone who is not from those bars exactly you all look the same yeah we basically you all look the same, all look the same. Yeah. i can't tell if we're west african or caribbean or whatever so, so i think that helps bring people together definitely that sense of oneness in the face of that definitely of anything yeah so i want to ask you about something that you have just told me today which i'm really excited about Yes. Don't look remember. at me like you don't know. Oh, so <laughs> yeah. You got some new music out. Well, not me, but I am featured on an album that was released today, yeah. which is Tuesday the 28th of July. And Jamal Bufford, you know, previously formerly known as Buff One, uh, released his album Freedom Is Today. And Who it was is Jamal Bufford? Jamal Bufford. He's a, an MC from Michigan. And he signed to Mellow Music Group. Um, he released this today via his band camp. And it's produced um, by Ken Sai, mm-hmm. who is based in London. Um, background is like French and Haitian and mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. He's really mixed, isn't he? Really is, in terms of just his background. But um, he has a radio show as well called Ness Radio. Um, where he like has loads of hip hop and new new music that's coming out via that as well, um, and interviews on there too, which is really cool. Um, so they they released that today. It's called Freedom Is, and it features a couple of other artists as well, who who previously um, via Spread Love I've met basically. You like Sabrina Jade. Yeah, and Archer, and Himmel's on it as well. Himmel, uh, who is Himmel the guy that plays the guitar and sings? No, that's another guy, Jesse. Not Jesse. Who's Jesse. Jesse Gamage. Jesse Gamage is the is the guy who plays guitar and sings. That okay. came via like, I saw anyway via Spread Love. Okay. Um, Himmel is a vocalist, a singer, mm-hmm. and um, he yeah. Everyone featured on this is just the people who I previously knew as well. There are obviously some American artists featured in it, but the British ones, pretty much everyone I know, which has That's been nice. A really interesting project to have. A rap, an American rapper having all these collaborations on his album with British musicians, don't you think? Yeah, like, no, that's, that's it's, quite it's rare. a cool crossover. It's really rare. Um, I did get to listen to the track earlier today, and it sounds amazing. Uh, are you okay with us sharing about yeah, the track sure. on the podcast? Okay, that'd be great. We'll do that. We'll give the listeners a little something. Yeah. <laughs> I think I wanna 
deciding to take on I guess another veil maybe it, it comes from I mean from, from when I was thinking about it it was more of a tussle like a thing of you know I'm doing my thing and maybe it's not quite coming to fruition as I would want to see it mm-hmm. and then it's almost like adjusting in order to you know maybe gain more success or mm-hmm. gain more attention or whatever and then for me it was like initially when I was putting my lyrics into it it was almost like a no maintaining myself, but that like, actually didn't get used in the track. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just, it's literally just about being someone else for the night. Mm-hmm. I think I, when I was recording it, I might have been in terms of the, the lyrics that I had, because the lyrics were already written. So right. I was just singing what was already there. Okay. And then I added like a little ad lib at the end. Yeah. And the ad lib had a lecture bit about maybe maintaining myself, but that bit was not used. Okay. Maybe we shouldn't add this. It happens. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we do want our podcast to be completely as real, real and as, as but the thing is, yeah, as authentic. As so I possible. think it was it wasn't used in order to maintain the whole thing of this is basically about literally just being someone else taking on another guy's yeah. for whatever reason. Maybe I came from it from an angle of wanting to maintain, but no, mm-hmm. it was about just taking on a completely different persona for mm-hmm. the night. For the night. For the night, yeah. Which is which can be fun. Mm-hmm. Alter ego. Yeah, alter ego. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have an alter ego? I really don't. I really don't. That is, <laughs> that's way too much work. I mean, I suppose there are different um, sides or facets to one's personality, but I wouldn't go as far as saying that I have an alter ego. That's well, boy, that's a lot of work. And I'm just like such a low maintenance kind of person. I can't <laughs> be bothered to keep up that whole. You know, one minute I'm going to be me and then the next minute I'm going to be this other persona. That's just a lot of work for me. Yeah, I don't, it's, it's not for me at But all. I do understand why a lot of celebrities do uh, give off an alter ego, you know, probably to protect protect their their personal life. Kind of like with Beyonce and the Sasha Fierce thing, mm-hmm. you know. I, I mean, to be, I actually think that whole Sasha Fierce thing was to allow her to break out of her shell or whatever. Kind of like Destiny's a, Child Perfection. Yeah, kind of like a stepping stone to get out of 
this image that had been created by her parents, you know. Mm. And then Beyonce became Sasha Fierce, and then Sasha Fierce became Beyonce. The Beyonce that we know today. Yeah. Yeah. They've morphed into one. Yeah, they're just all one person now. Um, and how about you, Zainab, in terms of stuff that you're currently working on too? I am working on something which I don't know if I really want to share because I haven't, like, I'm always a bit nervous about, like, saying what, like, speaking about what I'm working on just in case, like, things don't really, like, come together. Sure, that's understandable. Um... But I am working on a documentary, ooh, and I'm gonna start shooting. I've been, I'm in the currently in the stage of doing pre-production, and I'm gonna start shooting next month, August two thousand and fifteen. Um, wish me luck that we can get some nice weather. Yeah, I because know. I want a lot of this documentary to be shot in natural light, and this weather that we've been having in London has not been good. It's been like summer's done. I feel like we just had this month of summer in june and then that was it and then a couple of uh hot weeks in july you know it got so hot at one point that i purchased a paddling pool and it only arrived today on like one of the greatest looking days i purchased it about two weeks or three weeks ago from living social because the sun was at its height it was burning hot i was like oh this would be perfect in the garden yeah there were days it was like almost 40 degrees yeah and i just thought to myself how long is this gonna last for? It didn't last long at all. For our listeners who don't know what London weather is like, man, it's a bit of a struggle. It's a bit of a struggle. It's just not consistent. It's, it's the lack consistent. of consistency. And I bought a paddling pool thinking mm-hmm. this summer would continue and it hasn't. And I, I bought these really nice dresses to wear for the summer and I have not worn like even a quarter of the wardrobe that I have been planning in my head since spring. It's just really unfortunate. But anyway, London won't let you live. London will not let me live. <laughs> London will not let me prosper. Um, but yeah, with, without this good weather or not, with this good weather or not, I'll make this documentary. Um, the documentary is about women in design. And um, I'm going to be interviewing several women that I know most of who I'm actually friends with and I'm just going to be interviewing about them about their work and themselves and their journey in the creative industry how did it come about that you were I've been planning to do this documentary since last year oh cool but you know life mm-hmm. <laughs> and I also wanted to get some funding for it but all the funding that is available right now is for like really large scale projects sure and this is not a large project this is a really this is a really small project i don't really need like 10 grand for this hey but it'd be lovely though it would be nice (laughs) i mean i could get like some really good equipment and you know i could get some really good stuff to make this documentary look really shiny and great but i think this documentary for me is also just an exercise in in making film as well Mm -hmm. as making film it is also to kind of just flex the muscles, sure. if you will. Yeah, I have other ideas in for the future, but I'm just gonna start with this little mini documentary series. 
It'd be amazing to see. I've always loved the way you shot things, and thank you. Always loved the just the tone of everything that you shoot is beautiful. Thank you very much. And it's just yeah, perfect. And do you I remember, find you so perfect. Do you remember when we shot your music video for Gilded Age in that creepy house? <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. House was amazing. All the props as well. But so that cool. house was really creepy. Down it in the was, basement, yeah, it was. It was like creaking. The floors were creaking, and and there was lots of shadows. <laughs> lots of shadows, lots of corners. Yeah, yeah. but it was, it added to the atmosphere. It was yeah. perfect. But yeah, uh, what about you? Are you doing? Um, are you working on, or are you writing? Writing. I'm always. I'm actually always putting stuff into my voice memos, mm-hmm. ideas, little bits, um, all the time. Mm-hmm. But it, I don't know, it was very difficult because of life. Very difficult the, to... Are you the kind of songwriter that needs to set aside time to uh, fulfill a project? Or can you just be on the go, doing stuff here and there, and then like after six months you've compiled all this material that can uh, eventually become an album? I think both, definitely both. I setting aside time I can sometimes end up doing nothing who knows Mm -hmm. but definitely and I'm probably actually then leaning more towards yeah just compiling stuff over a certain period of time and then drawing it together I think that has been my style so Mm -hmm. but I can definitely sit down for whole projects as well um and it the main thing that's happening what's been happening is touring and traveling um with Radamo and Doing, doing stuff with him in, in the Czech Republic, which has been amazing. Did you go to the Czech Republic this year? No, no, I went to Milan this year oh, to yeah. represent the Czech Republic, which oh, was wow. How, what fun. Was that, like? that was that was really amazing. It was the um, World Expo right. in Milan. And um, yeah, it was beautiful. There's just lots of other countries there as well. But I went for the Czech, the Czech National Day. So to actually represent the country. <laughs> <laughs> what was that like when you got on stage? No, it was lovely. Everyone was really, really warm. I mean, it's like, what are you doing up there? I don't get a check. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not check. But my producer is, so I'm honorary check. Honorary That's what I'll be for the day. Um, I mean, you guys have been working with each other for years. Yeah, so yeah. It's safe to call you, you know, honorary check. For sure. For <laughs> they sure. wouldn't mind. I don't think they'd mind. <laughs> but it, um, we hoping I'm hoping to go back again in October time. I think there's a dance festival that's mm-hmm. happening. So we're still looking into that to see if it's something we can build around or if it's not really something that's gonna happen, but we'll see. Um it's in the works. So yeah, that should be that should be the next big thing that I do for October. But this I mean, for this month, the main thing I'm doing is going to Cuba. Mm-hmm. So hopefully when I come back we can do like a little travel. I cannot wait to hear about up. your experience of Cuba because Cuba just looks and always sounds amazing. Was it Una Noche? That's the film we watched recently, yes, wasn't it? Yes, yes. We recently watched Una Noche. I, Janice recommended this film. I had actually been seeing this film for, for a really There's long time. There's loads of stills all over Tumblr of it. I've been seeing stills like, just beautiful. all over the internet, but I never thought to myself, okay, let me sit down and watch this film. I hardly have the time these days to watch films in full. But this film was really good. Yeah, it was beautiful looking. Yeah. Um, I think some people have complained about the lack of development of the characters and they've kind of blamed it on white gays, basically, saying mm. how, you know, it's just that they're kind of portrayed as simple island people mm-hmm. with not much, you know, depth. But I, I don't know, I didn't really, that didn't bother me while I was watching it. It didn't bother me either because I felt like much of the narrative was focused on 
their mission to get out of Cuba. Mm-hmm. Um, they could have, like, okay, fair enough, the director could have written more, more complex parts to the story where you get to find out a bit more of the uh, character's histories or mm-hmm. whatever. But they did touch on that here and there. Yeah. Like, with one of the boys' mothers having AIDS and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And just just their life, their general life of poverty and how all the co- uh, characters of colour were getting treated like shit by the senior staff members who were, were not of colour, if that well, makes they, sense. They appear to be white Cubans. Yeah, like yeah. white Cubans treating uh, Cubans of colour like shit, basically. Yeah, that was, that was displayed. Um, and the actual, the two main actors in there at the time when it was being premiered, like in Canada or something, they actually went missing. That is so they so really, crazy. they really actually escaped into Canada to escape Cuba. That just shows you how real it is. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that film, I think I saw that film and was like, yeah, we're going to go on holiday. I think Cuba. And also I've been hearing to, to go there before it gets turned into Miami by America. <gasps> Who knows what America is going to do to it now that it's opened up to them. They previously couldn't travel there unless they had like a, a reason, a business reason mm-hmm. or a cultural reason. And they weren't allowed to go to the beaches when they did go there. Wow. So it was really restricted. The relationship between Cuba and America mm-hmm. really kept Americans out of it. But I'm not gonna which lie, everyone though. seemed to enjoy. I'm not going to lie. I, I love the way Miami looks and I would love to go to Miami <laughs> just, to, just to go and party. I know there's nothing really to do in Miami but party. Sure. But it just looks so good because it's just one of those places where you don't really have to think about anything. You just go there and have is a good like time. Is it like Vegas? I, I think it is like a really hot, fancy rich people Vegas <laughs> yeah uh, uh, for me that's not that, nah. I don't think that would be your I'm ideal not a holiday person. Right? <laughs> no I, I mean I, I want to experience the culture of a place and mm-hmm. like when we go to Cuba hoping to go to the ballet the national ballet and yeah. something yeah you know I want to experience the culture of it and apparently the, they've opened the first um, tattoo parlor in January because now that the because it used to be illegal to get tattoos I think it still is illegal yeah. but they've they're now relaxing the laws around that kind of thing so a tattoo parlor opened up in Cuba in January is it really that strict like it's really like strict com- communism is all about like just so strict that people can't even get tattoos controlling controlling the finances controlling will you get the question is will you get a tattoo in cuba <laughs> and what tattoo you should get a tattoo you and your husband should will not he will not okay well then he you refuses. should just you should just do it yourself then just come on there's you're nothing going i really to, want that you're going to cuba i'd do something silly like put his name on my body and that'll be it would you actually put your husband's name on your body <laughs> Right at the top of my thigh. <laughs> <laughs> Someone tells me that he won't be happy about that. No, no, he was like, I wouldn't stop you, but I wouldn't join you in doing this. So, <laughs> you wouldn't participate. Yeah. wouldn't participate. Is this thing still going? Oh, it's still going. Yeah. I thought it stopped. No, we're still recording, Janice. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up. No, I don't have, like, like I told you with the fat transfer business. I can't tolerate pain. Okay, so you, you're not going to Cuba to get tattoo. Are you going to Cuba to get fat transfer? <laughs> <laughs> the healthcare is free. What? They have a, for like, Cuban citizens? For Cuban citizens, right, yeah. okay. Yeah. Right. They have a completely free healthcare. Like like our NHS, but yeah. apparently miles better. Well, well, you think theirs is better than ours? Um, apparently. And apparently they've also got this um, program as well where they'll allow, it could just be Tumblr, Fairyland, who knows, but they'll allow any person 
like of African descent, any black person, mm-hmm. the chance to come to Cuba to study to be a doctor for free, like fully funded. No one told me this. Okay, we have to, we <laughs> probably have to double check this and make sure I'm not just spouting absolute lies. Wow. But apparently, yeah, in terms of the education is free, the, the you know, the healthcare is free. I think mm-hmm. they get rations as well in terms of food. Mm-hmm. There's also real restrictions in the way they eat as well. Wow. well it's very restrictive, yeah. Sounds interesting. Which, well, I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing all the photos and <laughs> hearing all the stories of Cuba. Yeah. Well, I guess that's it for the first episode of the London Girls podcast. Um, I want to thank anyone who's listening. Anyone? <laughs> if anyone is listening. Who's still here. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And... I'm really excited to, you know, keep developing this and keep sharing stuff with you. Yeah, me too. Bitch, me too. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where, me too. Where did you get that from? Have you ever seen the bitch me too? Where is bitch me too from? Oh, it's, it's that woman. And she's like, bitch me too. You've never seen the bitch me too lady? <laughs> no. You have to show I have that to find to her. Yeah, okay, she... so yeah, we've been the London Girls. We've been the London Girls. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back. Oh, ever since I heard Beyonce say, I've been drinking watermelon. Bitch, me too!